Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Our ministry of worship continues even though the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. And that is where Mark stops. This gospel that starts with a bang, just listen to Mark's opening sentence and hear it as a banner headline in all caps. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the excitement with which this this gospel begins. But then this is how it ends. So the women went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. For every one of you whose courage, faith, energy, vision, joy has been shut down by this past year of terror and amazement and all of the being afraid that this past year has imposed upon us, for all of us, there is a particular message, an intriguing invitation in Mark's open-ended ending. Now, if you're reading Mark in your Bible, you'll see another couple of paragraphs. Those were added in later centuries, precisely because the early church couldn't handle the unfinished feeling that the original writer leaves us with. In fact, both Mark and Luke join John in offering stories about encountering the risen Lord, like that wonderful episode that Lauren just read. Jesus so near to Mary that she wants to hold on to him. I love that story. And oh, I want that for these dear devoted women. Bless them, they'd watched Jesus die. They'd held each other up and borne witness to his last breath. They'd watched to see where his body was laid. That was Friday afternoon. The Sabbath begins at Friday sunset. Imagine their Sabbath prayers that night. And then the agonizingly long Saturday when every one of Jesus' followers is haunted by the last time they'd seen him alive. What a memory. Sabbath ends at Saturday sunset. And that's when the women go to buy spices so they can give Jesus a proper burial. If you've ever lost a loved one, you know the energy that is propelling them. It's that do what we need to do now energy. The put one foot in front of the other energy. The take a deep breath and just push on through energy of grief. These grieving women could purchase the burial spices, but they didn't dare visit the tomb of an executed criminal just as night was falling. And so it's very early the next morning when they head out, 
putting one foot in front of another. Worrying about that enormous stone was a legitimate concern, but surely it was also a handy alternative to thinking about what awaited them on the other side of that stone. The pierced flesh, the flogged back, the wounded head, just do what we need to do now. They arrive. The stones already rolled away. Take a deep breath and just push on through. They enter the tomb and everything changes. A heavenly messenger speaks the message that heaven sends again and again and again, do not be afraid, and then delivers astonishing news. Jesus, who was, yes, crucified, and was, yes, buried, right there, in fact. Jesus has been raised, and he is on the move, as he always has been. He is going ahead of you, as he always does, and he will see you in Galilee, as he promised. So go, spread that good news. Why didn't Mark just stop right there? I mean, if you don't want to get into post-resurrection stories, okay, just end it with, he has been raised, just as he told you. And then we could sing the final hymn and head off for socially distant brunch. But no, Mark ruins a perfectly tidy ending with, they fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This past year has made us all afraid. The details differ, of course, but like these women, we too have seen hopes and dreams curtailed by death's dominion. The evidence of death's dominion seems especially vivid right now. George Floyd's appalling death is again in the news. The mass shooting deaths right here in Georgia and always looming over us the 2.7 million COVID deaths. It would be easy for us, like these devoted women, to sink into thinking that we're at the end. But like these dear women, we are called to remember what God has taught us, promised us about God's ongoing plans. There are clues in our text. Here again, the instructions that the heavenly messenger gives. Go and tell that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. In Galilee? Why Galilee? Well, back at the start of the gospel, right after that opening, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right after that, the freshly baptized Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee. Galilee is where Jesus gathers his disciples, teaching and preaching about God's love. Galilee is where Jesus pursues God's earthly mission, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, welcoming the outcast, calming the storm. Galilee is where Jesus does God's grace-filled work. And then Jesus goes to Jerusalem 
and today's reading sums up the rest. Jerusalem is where Jesus' ministry ends. Galilee is where it happens. I think Mark drives his gospel smack to the brink of this narrative cliff to help us see that Jesus is leading, guiding, reminding all who have followed and failed him that it's time to get back to God's mission. That's what these dear devoted women were unprepared for, the ongoing mission of God. I mean, they didn't go to the tomb to meet the risen Lord. They went to anoint his dead body. They were putting one foot in front of the other just to make it to the bitter end because a bitter end is what they'd been forced to expect by the world that crucified Jesus and laid him low in the grave and sealed him away behind the stone and told itself that God was dead. Maybe we know that feeling, but from this side of Easter morning, we can move beyond it, escape that dead end fear, recognize that this ending is only the end of the beginning, the end only of Mark's banner headline, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This may be the end of the beginning, but this is not the end of Jesus. No, Jesus has gone on ahead of us, and we are to follow him. We are not to be afraid. He has given us food for the journey and companions along the way. And church, we need to get a move on. Not because Jesus will leave us behind, he won't, but because there is so much to do alongside Jesus. He's out there right now in every Galilee that needs healing and feeding, welcoming and calming. And there is so much need, especially in the wake of this pandemic. Working in the midst of need is where we will see Jesus, just as he said. And I dare say we could all do with a glimpse of Jesus. In case you, like these devoted women, are finding it hard to shake off the disempowering weight of death's dominion, let me offer a closing thought as we recommit to taking part in God's ongoing mission. Noticing that this year, Easter falls on the anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King, I've been revisiting his writings during Lent. 53 years ago last night, Dr. King gave what would be his last speech. It's best remembered for its prophetic words about getting to the promised land. But earlier in that speech, Dr. King suggested how to get that done, saying, let us rise up tonight with a greater readiness. Let us stand with a greater determination and let us move on in these powerful days. Powerful days. Like those women at the tomb, we've been enduring days that have left us feeling so powerless. But what if we recognize that through the power of God's Holy Spirit, these are powerful days? 
because there is no day more powerful than Easter. Easter is the day when everything changed. And you know what, church? Those grief-stricken, fear-strangled, awe-struck women apparently came through eventually because the good news got out somehow. I mean, we're all here this morning. So, before we get to that Easter brunch, let's remember that on this powerful day and throughout the powerful days that stretch before us as we follow in the path of Jesus, let's remember that God has this assignment for each one of us, this invitation. We are to go tell of Easter to those in need of hope. We are to go and live in ways that declare that our gracious God is alive and has gone ahead of us because this is only the end of the beginning. This is not the end of God's story. This is the end of death's dominion. This is not the end, this is Easter. This is the powerful day when evil no longer gets the last word. The powerful day when God's endless possibilities give faith the last word. And that word will be, Alleluia. This is not the end, this is Easter. And we are invited to rise up with greater readiness, stand with a greater determination, and move on in these powerful days to join in Jesus' ongoing mission. Let's head for Galilee, church. Let's go see Jesus and alongside him engage with the needs of this broken but beloved world. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us live on Facebook or YouTube. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information, as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.